to do this work. Yeah, but I've seen I've seen people. Sounds like it would be a, an album title, you know. Well, all you had to do is clap. Yeah, well, from when? By who? You can't uh, just say that. it sounds like an album title. You have to think it okay, entirely El- all the Elvis way through. Elvis Costello, late seventies. Okay, why? Elvis Costello. I just I would just call albums weird things. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. You know, actually, maybe it could be a Mitski album title as well. She has weird album titles. I don't really know who Mitski is either. Well, I don't really either, but <laughs> I, I've read some of her album titles and they are weird. It's one of your favorite books is a list of Mitski album titles. That's you correct. You curl up by the fire and then you pour yourself a brandy and crack open a list of your favorite Mitski album titles. That's right. I should not have to cope with misogyny like this on my own show. Men reading the names of Mitski men, album men titles. Men not knowing who Mitski is, Maybe. I think. I don't know yeah. who anyone is. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, you play evenly across fair. the genders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, had, I had a lot of fun at the, at the live show taunting Riley with things like Gok Wan and Anthony Costa and Trini and Susanna. Uh-huh. Uh, people who might as well, you could have made up. Yeah. They might as well be, you know what they are? They could easily be Dr. Evil's henchmen that like, get a moment of cameo time. Mm. In many ways, you do live in a simulation, <laughs> and uh, it's called Britain. That's right. I live in a simulation called Britain. Um, mm. One thing I've been listening to a lot more recently, though, is I've been listening... I've been listening to a lot, like I, I, when I grew up, like all of my, my birthdays when I grew up, my parents mm-hmm. would get me impressionistic jazz records. I've what? been re-listening to a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. you know. Every, everything I learn about your childhood, it just, it only becomes more and more confusing. Any attempt to understand it, it recedes further from my grasp. Well, it's because I used to like so That's to- so interesting. For me, it's like precisely the opposite. Like every time, every time Riley tells an anecdote like that, I'm always just like, and it's time to press the tape recording. And mm. uh, put this, and you know, put this to good use for uh, a therapist. Because uh, I, I feel about that about about every time I hear something about your childhood, Phoebe. I feel like this makes perfect sense. <laughs> like the time you made a puppet of John Major as a six-year-old, look, I'm like, yeah, right. this is vintage, Roy. <laughs> this is look, <laughs> look. <laughs> it's all coming together. I'm, I'm connecting looking. bits of red string. Yeah, right? we're looking. So, okay, now what? We're looking. Do you have a point? Yeah, just no. I have no. I have no point. Anyway. Hello and welcome to. <laughs> Wait, hang on, hold on. I was going to go somewhere with that thing, oh, which I realized. Yeah, sorry. That of sorry. the kinds of music that I enjoy, mm-hmm. well, the main thing that unites them is that they'll both frequently have album titles like "Intermodulation" or whatever, and it could oh. very easily be either one of the two. I'm of course thinking okay. of the uh, Bill Evans uh, album from 1962, "Intermodulation." And the thing yeah. is, as well, is that Bill Evans could very easily be the name of somebody that you like, like now, mm. and try to get me to go to some kind of horrible cave to oh. go and listen to. Could easily to. be like the name of a guy your dad knows from down the pub who can fix your car for cheap. I think, mm-hmm. I'll ask Bill Evans. I feel like you But he's just... also a techno pioneer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can fix your car when he's done uh, either making sort of uh, extremely structurally complicated jazz or banging techno. Yeah, um, that's right. But also, that's also the other thing, though. He's a man of three I've, talents. I feel like all of your, many of your references just go back to you imagining everyone first as a kind of a geezer. Yeah, I mean, there's something like particularly Bill about is being an called extraordinarily Bill normal name, and you're just like, oh, that sounds like a guy from around the pub. No, Bill though. Someone is. It implies a certain age. I think someone being called Bill. Like, everyone over the age of sixty is from down the pub. Yeah, but in Britain, like, I don't know. And also, it's a certain class thing. Like, a posh guy wouldn't be called Bill. He'd be called Will or William. Um, 
Oh, no, that's posh, not true. I know, I know no, I know a posh bill. Do you? Yeah. I've not come across yeah. many posh bills. The 50. I would say bills tend to be distributed more come than on. lower you're class not gonna the like, You're not going to give me anything for saying a posh bill and I said the 50? As in like a dollar bill. Oh, you call it a note, bitch. Yeah. God damn it. Sorry, that was. I just didn't get it. I wasn't. I wasn't shitting on your joke. I just. Comp- I genuinely missed it. All right, yeah, yeah. Because if you're asking against, can you just ask if what a, what's an example of a posh note? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Same playwright note count. Yeah. We all. Uh, uh, hello and welcome to. Yet another episode of Masters of Our Domain, the podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld, although there is no evidence to suggest that that is true. I'm Milo Edwards, someone who's never seen Seinfeld, and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. Um, The rest of it's just you doing a voice. That's correct. This week we are joined by special guests from the other shows. Uh, It's Riley. Hey. Yeah. Hello I'm, to you. I'm I'm, you I'm here. Uh, I've got some stuff to say. Uh, this episode, pretty good. <laughs> In a uh, major way. <laughs> yep, that's right. I'm a rapper from the 1970s. Yeah. Uh, no, I've been thinking. I, I had a really good day in the gym today. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, I, I did uh, several sets of deadlifts uh, at mm. a, a 80, a, well, at 100 kilograms, as a matter of fact. Ooh, but I did that's a, a lot high, of kilograms. I did a high number of them. I did 30 at 100 mm. kilograms. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Anyone wanting to note that down on their yeah. uh, on their Trash Future also, branded uh, Riley workout notebook? I, I increased the weight of my um, bent over barbell rows. Okay, uh, and then I spent the rest of the time focusing on my lower back. Yeah. So if anyone is um, attempting to uh, track the size of Riley's ass, uh, you can note that it's probably quite a lot bigger after that. Um. Yeah. If you were, if you were, if you were like, thinking of challenging him to a fight, you know, note that he's getting pretty big. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we need. We need crush like, you to death with those thighs. We need, we need like a my ass tracker that's sort of slowly mm. filling up like a charity donation meter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, you can like roll a penny around one of those spiral things, and it goes into Riley's ass. <laughs> and you donate to the ass yeah. fund. It, it, it sort of more gets absorbed by the muscles and turned into more muscle cells. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of minerals and vitamins in pennies, you know. Well, for everyone tracking as well, tomorrow is going to be uh, chest, shoulders, and biceps. So look out yeah. for that. The less exciting follow-up to head, shoulders, knees, and toes just never quite... Um, <laughs> never so quite uh, stay, stay tuned for that. Get your notebooks at the resi. Exactly. Uh, next time I come on this podcast, I will be detailing my route workout routine again. Mm. Okay, great. <laughs> we yeah. look forward to that. You know who else is that is our hunky guy? Who? As well as um, as well as our good friend oh, Riley. So true. Ross, don't be weird about <laughs> about our other guests. <laughs> don't freak out Patrick Wyman. We <laughs> need him to come don't back. Don't scare Patrick Wyman. We want to we want to get we want to have him back on. Oh, nothing scares <laughs> Patrick Wyman. Look at the size of him. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. The man's like a fucking tree. <laughs> He's just like an ant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Um, yeah. yeah, another hunky guy is mm-hmm. the Elaine boyfriend in this episode. That's do you see correct. how I? Do you see how I made the connection? You you segged your in the morning way um, yep. into the meat of the episode. Look, it's season five. It's episode twelve. The episode is called the stall, mm-hmm. um, which is what I've been doing for the last eight minutes and thirty seconds. That's right. Um, yeah, Riley's actually been driving a manual car this entire time, but very badly because he's Canadian. Um, so we open- I can't drive manual. I can't. I've never have. I've never even tried. 
Not even in a game. <laughs> well, then you, well, then you can't drive. I think if I think an automatic <laughs> car is not being properly driven, that's my position. There you go. We're getting that's into my hard, that's um, my that's my hard stance. If you can't drive, if you can't drive a car with gears, then you are not driving. You're basically coming in a toy. hard for her 10k <laughs> post co-host Hussein Kazvani there. Um, so can you not drive a stick? Is that that can't I be? I don't no, think no, you no, can. That can no, think, that, yeah. no, that can be true. Sorry, ignore yeah. me. That absolutely <laughs> can be true. <laughs> um, we open with a bit uh, where Jerry's going in on a group. We've had it far too easy for far too long. He's finally saying what we're all thinking about whales. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not the small constituent part of the United Kingdom, the marine mammal. Also, interestingly, uh, whales is also used as a unit of measure for other things that are bigger than whales. It's very frequent. You'll hear someone say a country four times the size of whales or an area in the oh, Pacific I Ocean. Meant as in a whale was no, no, used. An area yeah, in the Pacific no, Ocean. I, the size I thought of whales. that's what you meant as well. Yeah. Mm, but how many whales could you fit into this in, in a seven four seven? I don't know. Three and a half. Are they bought tickets? <laughs> um, no. I, I. Well, number one. Uh, there was a real backlash against the whales in the 1990s, if you remember, on on sort of a primetime TV. Oh, really? Yeah, this is now the mammals, not the Welsh. Uh, yes, the ma- well, the, well, the Welsh are mammals. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> according to my new science, that I'm developing <laughs> to analyze yeah. the Welsh. It's, it's called it's called Yakubianism too. Everyone's a mammal except the Welsh. That's right, uh, and that's another Mitski album, bizarrely. Um, um, no, uh, it's that the, if you remember, it there was doesn't a- sound like a Mitski album. These are not. This is not a good analogy. Uh-huh. Anything I don't get is a Mitski yeah. album. Says old Milo. That's right. Um, that's no, uh, it's that it's this, which is that uh, at the same time, The Simpsons, as uh, this was airing, The Simpsons also had Nelson, uh, who had a nuke the whales poster mm. uh, in his bedroom. When asked uh, by Lisa why he had to, wanted to nuke the whales, he answered, gotta nuke something. Yeah. And we're back there in foreign policy now, I suppose. Um, exactly. But- Put Nelson in charge of the UN. Yeah, that's the right. The homophobic UN. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, I'll, I'll the other that's thing. A bit, that's a bit from last week, right? Yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You <laughs> mentioned Tony on the thing earlier, and I really felt a, a real affinity with George and uh, how yeah. he deals with Tony. Because anytime I meet a big handsome guy, I'm just like, ah, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, you might Tony be interested to know that this Wyman. was that this was the one note that I made. Uh-huh. Yeah, the one single it, the, note in blood the one single on the paper, note, which is yeah. that which was that uh, Riley's attitude towards big handsome guys is very very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 not gay. I just like how big. They are. <laughs> Um, but anyway, Jerry Jerry is having a go at whales because uh, he's like, people are always saying about how smart whales are, but why do they get stuck on the beach all the time if they're so smart? Like, good point, Jerry, I think. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. I'm smart. <laughs> Me, I'm not, I'm not especially smart, but anytime I go to the beach, I manage to find my way back home again. Yeah. I was just at the beach last week, and here I am at the studio. There you go. Yeah. You're smarter than a whale. I'm smarter than a whale on that measure. Congratulations. Uh, you get uh, this free watch. <laughs> uh, anyone who is uh, still at the beach has no way of knowing if they're smarter than a whale until they leave. That's true. Uh-huh. Fee, do you have any opinions on this? No. Absolutely okay, none. <laughs> All right. So that's the bit. Um, we then cut into... Uh, oh, what, what, would we, what would we call that in, in Jerry's taxonomy of bits? This is just a weirdo bit. This is a... Yeah. 
It's this not a suggestion a Jerry, box. No, it's not. Uh, Jerry doesn't understand other people's jobs. It's Unless not. You Jerry's being com- a whale as a job. Yeah, which I no, don't. being a whale is mm. not a job. No, whales are not workers. They're very nice, but they're not workers. <laughs> whales are technically landlords. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be elaborating. Yeah. Oh well, because yeah, uh, lots whale, of stuff lives are the, on them. Whales are mm. the yeah, barnacle l- landlords. Whales are the lumpen petty bourgeoisie. I would say. Right. Okay. Well, like, the lo- like the local elite, like the car dealership owner. They are quite lumpen. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Depending on the on the species. Yeah. Can be pretty lumpen. Yeah. Can be they pretty can lumpen. Can be pretty lumpen. Where are and they because going? Because that's what lumpen means. It means you have got lumps on you. On your. Where head. are they going with all that cake? Um, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird bit, mm. and I think it's just I think it's just one of Jerry's uh, bumps awake at two o'clock in the morning, kind of gropes for his notebook. Scribbles down something, and then in the morning is like, this just says, what's the deal with whales? I, okay, now I'm going to, uh, shit, I, I, I'm, on, I'm on stage in half an hour. I, this, is, this is what I'm going with. This is what I'm going with. And, then, and then immediately he hears from a distance, what do you mean? What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, yeah. I, I think there is actually a category to this joke, though. No, which I said is, whales with an H. <laughs> which is that, um, uh, I think there is the um, mm. Jerry... Which is the Jerry takes a common a, 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 a thing that is commonly thought, mm. and then you know uh, shows why everyone's wrong about it. Which yeah. is uh, a long tradition in uh, open mic stand-up comedy. That's right. Yeah, it's it's the Mandela effect, but for whales. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so interesting that you should bring up the Mandela effect because mm. um, I have the Mandela effect about this episode. Not okay. only did I not think that it was as early as season five, but for whatever reason, I didn't. I don't connect the two storylines together. I don't think that they. I don't remember them as being in the same episode. So this is fully mm. Mandela effect. That is there happening. you go. And Andrew Law is here. currently furious. Um, I know he is. I know he is. But it's like. He's asleep now, so he can't. He can't get. It's true. We, yeah. we we caught him. We caught him slipping. Yeah, he's can't, can't, yeah. he can't hurt you now. That's right. Yeah, he's stuck in dreamland. Yeah, that's what they call yeah. Canberra. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Andrew Andrew yeah. Law's got his little cap on, and he's going me 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 me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while you're st- currently stuck in yeah. dreamland, you have no way of knowing whether or not you're smarter than a dream whale. That's right. It's it's much like the film Inception. I wake um, up every day because I'm smart enough to wake up, unlike those stupid people who've recently died. That's right. <laughs> um, so we then cut to a toilet uh, where Elaine is in one stall and she's out of toilet paper. I've noted here that Elaine is wearing cute shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's something about the, the shoe and sock combo that Elaine had going on. I was like, ah, Elaine. Is there a combo Elaine ever has going on that doesn't have you going, oh. Some are more than others. And I think this was in, you know. But you particularly like the saddle shoes. Yeah, this was kind of a flirty, uh, frilly sock and shoe combo that Elaine had going on. Uh-huh. Oh, I think no, particularly when do- that was all you could see, it was, you know. You do like the frilly socks because you've brought up the frilly socks to me unprompted. <laughs> in a conversation about you say unprompted sex. as though it's really damning uh, about yeah but it's a quite a strange thing to say to say without mm. any um sort of without any given context right mm-hmm. um yes so uh and then she basically asked for toilet paper from the woman in the stall next to her and she's like i don't have any to spare i can't give you any and she's like what well, you can't even spare a square She's like, I don't have a spare to, a square to spare. Uh-huh. This kind of tongue twister situation proliferates. Yep. Um, she's like, if it's two ply, I'll I'll handle one ply. You don't even have one measly ply. Um, 
They both leave the toilet. They go their separate ways. Um, By the way, this is one of the worst things that you can do as a woman to another woman in the public sphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this This is, is... And also, this is kind of inconceivable. I mean, I can't imagine having so little toilet paper that you have enough for you, but not enough that you couldn't spare a couple of squares for someone else. That strikes me as like a... If you've only got one square of toilet paper, you're not really you're not wiping yourself either, are you? That's I just a. The, the, I mean, the but- point is supposed to be not that she doesn't have she doesn't have the a square to spare. Mm. The point is that she's supposed to be enough of a selfish jerk that she just doesn't want to help someone else out. No, I realise that's what becomes they, clear later on. But I mean, is it, if you're following the logic established of the- that they established that elsewhere in the episode, I think relatively. No, no, they do, they Clearly. do. But what I mean is, then, is if you're taking this situation oh, at face value sure. as, it, as it is portrayed in the episode to start with. Um, anyway, so then we cut into the cinema, which is apparently where they all are, mm-hmm. and uh, Jerry's, Jerry's date, who is the woman from the stall, <gasps> arrives. I know. <gasps> Twist. Arrives She's back. hot, though. She's, she hot, she's horrible, but she's... She's really hot, this one. So, I, I mean, you've written Milo in your notes there. <laughs> yeah. Not in the room, but I can see that. Um, yeah. uh, and Jerry is praising the artificial flavor of the popcorn. Yeah, much more consistent. More consistent, yeah. And we then see Elaine returning to her date, the, the, uh, the, the eponymous Tony about whom we've heard so much already. Yeah, I mean, look, he looks great. He's got a cool style and he mm. talks in a really sweet way. Yeah. Okay. I don't see what's wrong with this. He's annoyed that she didn't get his popcorn. Uh, at which point, both her and uh, Jerry's date, who I temporarily forget the name of, begin. It's Jane. Erica. Jane. That's right. Oh no, Jane, sorry. Jane. Her, no, Erica is her. Erica is her nom nom de plume. Nom de shag. Nom de wank. Her, her nom, nom de wank is good. Thank you. Her um, nosh de plume. Yeah, they're both. Uh, so they're both ranting about the toilet paper incident. And then Jerry and Elaine are both going like, "Oh, isn't Jerry or Elaine supposed to be here?" And they're like looking around. Can't see each other. And then Tony says, if I jumped off that balcony, do you think I'd hurt myself? No, he'd be fine. Yeah. She should encourage him to do it. That's her only failing, Uh, really, here. uh, Milo, I I found one thing. Could you please read this for me? It it says, uh, I I was here, like, at a stand-up event. Um, The the service is okay. Uh, They have shisha. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because basically, uh, as, as you know, one of my hobbies is um, looking at cities in conflict zones and trying to find reviews of the nightclubs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because I'm like, oh, I bet they're good, mm. but because... Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I just, I think that it was... But they so often are. <laughs> I just thought... It, and so I found a club in, in Donetsk City called mm-hmm. Infernos. Because um, we, We've got to dispatch a battalion of chaps to liberate Donetsk. Uh, we we don't have boots on the ground in Donetsk. We have like uh, yeah, uh, tasseled we, loafers. Yeah, we on have the like ground. winkle pickers on the ground in yeah. Donetsk. Yeah. Uh, right. We we have um and, and, and we've got all, deck shoes on the ground. Yeah, they're all going to uh, Infernos, and uh, they, I've I've been sort of trying to find a single review of Infer. You can there are a lot of Infer reviews of clubs in Donetsk. Most of them just talk about like uh, the service is bad. They were very rude to me, but their shisha is fine. Mm. Um, and then I, I finally I, found- I was enjoying my shisha and then I began being shelled <laughs> Ter- terrible evening <laughs> um, and I found one and it said uh, and I was like oh it's called Infernos I must find out more about it mm. I've been on their Instagram but everything just seems very normal uh, I've never found one review of it until finally I found one that was written in Cyrillic and I was so excited for it to be something 
and then it turned out to be nothing. There you go. Uh, um, so if we have any a real shaggy in, dog story, I'm really glad that we in broke Donetsk off. City, <laughs> yeah, um, don't go to that nightclub, which is apparently very mediocre. Um, so we then cut to Jerry's apartment. Uh, Kramer comes in and asks to use the phone. Uh, Jerry and Elaine, meanwhile, uh, are discussing how they looked for each other at the cinema. And then she's, she brings up Tony and then Jerry's like, oh, pretty boy Tony. And does this kind of like impression of Tony by popping his collar and doing a little kind of like Lambeth walk type thing. Uh, Tony, pretty boy. Hey, hey, Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, Elaine starts telling the toilet paper story and Jerry immediately realizes what's happened. He catches um, on quick. He does. He doesn't yeah. usually catch on that quick. No, he's having a good week, Jezza. He's trying to prove he's smarter than a whale. Well, because uh, he's he's at the beach, uh, you know, and he's left, but he doesn't know. You know, you got to make sure. What if what if he's gotten stupider since leaving the beach? Well, yeah. They don't tell you that Jerry's agreed to take part in the limitless experiment. Uh, no, right. but like, he's but, the kind of person they need. Um, yeah, for the benefit of the listener, Riley's currently looking at a Google map of Donetsk. <laughs> no, this is Tiraspol in Transnistria. Oh, okay. All right. I'm sorry. I do. Sorry to all of our listeners in Tiraspol, who I think were probably quite offended uh, by that this mistake. This is a review of the part. nightclub Baccarat by Nikolai Gazun. I think Riley, this, stop derailing our show. <laughs> I think this is the worst place where I have ever been. Hmm. Interesting. And that's a man who's been to other places probably similar to Tiraspol, so that's saying a lot. Um, so... Marla, you missed, you missed out an important, an important aspect, which is that... Um, Jerry has the chance to invent the term himbo, and he scuffs it. But that comes much later. Isn't it in this conversation? No, no, it's in the car. Oh, it's in, in the car. And then, uh, and then okay. it, well, I mean, I mean, now that we're talking about it, the, the sheer buildup, the sheer buildup, the, the description, the fact that, oh, he's, he's a moron, but he's very, very pretty, and, and, and you only know, like because of that, and he's well, so well-dressed, all this. It comes back to, that's right, he's a male bimbo. He's a, and then you're standing up waiting to point at the TV, and they say mm. Mimbo. Yeah. Just uh, really, just really whiffing. Really, really sticks the landing. Yeah. Larry Charles fucked up on that one. It's very, I mean, it's, I'll tell you what it is, is it's, it's just, a, it's, it's a little bit uncanny. Mm. Just to like, it's just close. to see, just to see it, to be, for it to be 90% of the, of the way to what the word ended up being, but they just, it's almost like was this garden of forking paths thing. Like it could very easily, you know, um, a lot of the most annoying people on the internet could have spent a month endlessly using the word "mimbo" back and forth to one another. But instead, mm. you know, it, it was it was this other thing. And you know, you just wonder, like, if Bush Gore had gone a little bit differently, would we be saying "mimbo" now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the many one of the many things that Al Gore's failure to win that presidential election has cost the world. Um, is the word mimbo? But mimbo, it doesn't even make sense. Wait, well, wait, hang, hang on. I think mm. it does. Not really. I mean, at least himbo's got a pun. Yeah. Well, I guess because bimbo, it's not like yeah. it's not like women starts with the word letter B. It does. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it's a silent B. Yeah. Women. Yeah. yeah that's women. Right. Yeah. 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 Women. We okay, out here, well, women. I, uh, I guess I was pr- I've been proven wrong once again. This, I tell you what, that club in Tiraspol is women with women. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm this I'm the like seven year old bouncer. Yeah, that's right. Um, Got to get in here. It's women with women. Correct. <laughs> um, oh, I'd like them to take me to swimming lessons. 
Um, here in Tiraspol. That's right. You can't learn to swim in Tiraspol. Unfortunately, there's no money for lifeguards. Unfortunately, I've well, I've been forced to work as, as a bouncer at Club Baccarat. Yeah, it's an uncommonly large seven-year-old. Yeah. It's quite threatening. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. I, I look. To be honest with you, I thought of like what something a seven-year-old does and swimming lessons was just the first thing I could come up with. Um, so make of that Can't what you will. Take any time out of my busy schedule uh, as a, a door a doorman. That's correct. Yeah. Jerry tries to justify uh, his uh, his girlfriend Jane's behavior by saying maybe she couldn't spare it. Um, and then he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, look, if you're that low on toilet paper, it's bowel conditions. It's like if someone asks for your canteen in the desert. And then she's like, but I'm always going to remember that woman's voice. It's flint-like. It's tattooed on my brain. Um, and so then Jerry's panicking. He's like, oh, no, they're, they're going to meet each other. She's going to work it out. Um, Elaine then picks up the phone to call Tony and discovers that Kramer is on a sex chat line um, where he's having a sexy discussion about a limo ride. Uh, yeah, and he's right. asking, what about the driver? He's just running up Jerry's phone bill. Exactly, yeah. I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna use You know what Jerry is line, in this case? Mm. He is actually quite plausibly that man from the Virgin Bill article. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he quite plausibly is at that moment. It's like, no, the, I didn't do these charges. I didn't I didn't have these charges. Whoever girl I'm with, I can be like, no, I, I legitimately didn't. It was my neighbor Kramer. He could be there holding the bill and his look of shock and despair mm. wouldn't be faint. Have you, have you the seen Virgin this? Bill is one of the many examples of posh bills. Mm. Uh, you're, you're familiar with the Virgin Bill man, right? No. Oh, well, it was like it was, it's a newspaper picture from like ten years ago from a local paper where like um, this old this pen, couple of pensioners are saying like um, the, <laughs> like the Virgin Media charged us hundreds of pounds for pornographic movies we never downloaded. And the wife yeah. in the picture looks genuinely angry holding up the bill. And the husband looks like he's in, like, oh, no, this lie's gone out of hand. Like, he's completely <laughs> wide-eyed. Uh-huh. They're just there. And, and, then, they're there. They, you know, like and the how- guy was called Ron. And I remember someone posting it just with, just tell her, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, I, I, there's this very unique way that British, like, I feel like that British tabloids photograph people in and around their homes as they're telling stories about them. Yeah. Like, in mm. no other country would they, like, do a photo shoot with the guy who made the customer complaint. And this happens over and over. Like the guy, if you remember, there was when they did the story, the just that that like again, the tabloid clickbaity story about mm. um that that guy who who went to the the football, banged a load of powder, mm. ran in wearing the Louis Vuitton bucket hat and lit a flare out of his ass. They went mm. to his house to do a photo shoot with him. Amazing. Right? Meet the man behind the legend. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's in no other country, not one other country, does that happen. There's an amazing Facebook page called Angry People in Local Newspapers, which I would recommend where they just collect these. Um, and they, they've got fantastic, like, they, they've got something they refer to as compo face, i.e. I am asking for compensation face. And it's people in the paper looking sad or angry while they're, like, next to the thing they're asking for compensation for. Lots of pictures of people pointing at potholes in the road and looking <laughs> angrily into a camera. That's another classic. No, it's very good. Um, it's a it's a really good look. Into, in terms of looks into the British psyche, it really can't be beat. It's our na- it's our national psyche on display. Um, and uh, and so then Jerry says that the phone sex woman's voice sounded familiar. Remember that because it's going to come in handy later. Um, we then cut to the car where uh, Elaine and Jerry are. She says, "I hate to break it to you, but it's time to defrost your freezer." Just a classic throwaway Seinfeld line. <laughs> um, 
That's an and important thing to do. And then they have this argument about Tony. I'm very Tony. charmed by the fact that Elaine is keeping an eye on on Jerry's freezer timetable. She doesn't. She doesn't want it to get out of hand. You know. She doesn't want it to you get let it out go of hand. too it's, far. You can. You can be in trouble. You lose your whole and freezer. And again, it, this feels yes. like the. It feels like the kind of thing that I remind Frost you of. of the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> to have my freezer amputated. The fridge is still okay, but <laughs> they couldn't keep it. They replaced it with a wooden freezer. That's right. It yeah. can still stand up. Yeah, it leaks. Uh, it, le- it leaks heat pretty bad. Um, so then, yeah, basically, she's saying, "What? What don't you like about Tony?" And he's saying that he's stupid. And then she's like, "Oh, li- like the girls you date are always are always uh, intelligent." And he's like, "Men are expected to be superficial," which I mean, yeah, this is this is a this is a bullshit line of reasoning from Jerry. I think. Well, it's simultaneously bullshit and correct. Like he is correctly observing a phenomenon, but. Um, you know, doesn't really doesn't yeah, really make for a moral argument. It, no, it doesn't really pan out that it is, no. in fact, by its very nature, different for a man. No. Um, and then this is when they come up with the mimbo. Yeah, of course. Which yeah. we've already, which we've already discussed. Mm. And then um, Jerry's saying, I think George has a non-sexual crush on Tony. We then cut to the cafe where George and I Tony would argue that it's other. absolutely a sexual crush. But Yeah, later on in the show, it does sort of, it does start to feel a bit sexual. Oh, just you know, sort of love that dare not speak its name kind of vibe. I, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable to have a non-sexual crush on a big handsome guy. Well, of course you think that, because <laughs> you know it's uh, you're just like ah, what an imp- what an impressive guy. <laughs> this is an intervention now, right? <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get to the bottom of your crushes on big handsome men. <laughs> we're finally we're gonna tap into it. We're gonna work out what's going I on. I think I've got the same thing that Trump has. Mm. Just love a big guy. Yeah, you just- I was going to say this is the this is one of the one of the things that makes you most like Trump. You just really really like it when you see a big guy. Mm. I think they're they're fun and impressive. I love the clip that me, Alice, and Devon found of just out of context Trump saying "massive, wonderful fireman." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you know what? You don't want a little. You don't want a little fireman. No, you don't. Well, unless you've got a fire in a tiny house. That'd be pretty fun, like a doll's house fire. Yeah, or or like, we please, don't... my dolls—they're very valuable. Get in there, tiny fireman. <laughs> one of or like a, one, of, one of those like ten square foot tiny homes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you need a you yeah, need a for really that, you need a tiny fireman. Yeah, you need a tiny mm. fireman to go in there. You know, like a little yeah. scrawny nerd of a fireman. Yeah, we need to start getting children back into the fire service, the well, Victorian style. Check out. There's a fire behind my steam loom. If there's one place where you can find a child fireman. It's definitely in Transnistria. You think? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because of the seven-year-old bouncer. Yeah. I failed fire service exam. Now I have to be bouncer. <laughs> School in Transnistria finish at six and a half. <laughs> then you go to college. My mother says, how you pay for potato if you know become real job like mm. fireman or bouncer? <laughs> um, so... Um, Right, so yeah, uh, Tony's in the middle of telling a story where he's like, so then I was like to the guy, step off, and then George is like, wow, step off. George is genuinely very enthused by this. Uh, he's trying to get Tony to go bowling with him. He's like, bowling's not enough of a rush. Why don't we go rock climbing? Yeah. And then George is like, oh, okay, I'll make some sandwiches. Like, I feel like this was another like kind of a, kind of a, a, a memento of, of its time, right? Mm. Of, um, uh. of the the sort of... Of equate of, of having the cool the cool handsome guy who likes extreme sports, I feel like that sort of is that sort of these qualities have kind of fragmented now. Um, but yeah. this is this is if you're 
if if you're remembering if you're writing a, a sitcom in the 90s that really is about new york in the 70s yeah um then you what you're i guess what you're going to remember is these qualities largely going together big guys that you knew yeah well but also like you know like a like like a rock like a rock and roll mountain climber you know that these kinds of things this is a mm. this is a 90s concept it's not one that sort of lives on no that's true rock climbing is like a nerd thing now yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like every every guy who's you know works at Google is also going bouldering. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think of rock climbing as a nerd as a nerd thing, but yeah. I th- I don't know. I feel like there's I feel like there's still a certain kind of big handsome guy who's into a certain mm. kind of extreme sport, but maybe not rock climbing. It'd be like motocross. <laughs> what you think motocross yeah. is the domain of handsome men? What's uh, that th- well, maybe what's not that handsome, thing? but kind of like big, like kind of uh, everyone I've ever met who does motocross is kind of like a, oh yeah, man, like yeah, like that kind of guy. How many people have you like, met? So it is kind of like himbo territory. How many know, people have you met that do motocross? Weirdly, quite a few because um, so one is of, there a blue in it? No, <laughs> maybe there is. I don't know. <laughs> when I was um, no, when I was growing up, um, some of my parents' family friends, uh, their. Uh, it was like a brother and sister who both had houses on the grounds of the same farm and both had their own. And we were like friends with both families. But the brother's family, um, he was a mo- he was a motorcycle engineer. He made like racing bikes for like Barry Sheen and stuff. He was like a um, he, yeah. He was like he was like a famous like motorbike manufacturer. He like made them in his fucking shed because British motorcycle yeah, racing. Um, and yeah, then you absolutely want to have a motorbike that like when you do a Christ air on it just slowly disassembles itself. Yeah, and so them and the other family and like every and like all, they're like cousins and stuff were all like really into motocross as just like a hobby thing because mm-hmm. they were all all their dads rode motorbikes. So they were like kind of they all had motorbikes from when they were kids and so that, and so and that, and the energy of people who are into motocross is is kind of it's like surfer guy energy but for mm-hmm. Britain. It's yeah. a similar vibe. That's how I'd describe it. Uh-huh. And they're big and handsome, you think? I, I mean, not necessarily handsome, but it's kind of like a big okay, athletic but, guy kind of energy. But what is the big handsome guy extreme sport? Because I don't think it's motocross. I don't think there's any sport that's exclusively the domain of handsome men. <laughs> I don't think you're going to find that sport. Hmm. Phoebe's just completely keeping her counsel on this one. Polo. Oh, like, no, a lot of them are going to be you a joking? fucking Prince Charles no, plays polo. Po- they're all posh dorks, polo. Yeah. You do get you do get some posh jocks who do polo as well. I've encountered. Yeah, you that. do, you do, and like we'll just yeah. like you do with like lacrosse or something. But it's yeah. it's not like it's not a big handsome guy sport. You I know why? Think. You know why I associate polo with handsome men? Is there was that yeah. um, that Ralph Lauren model uh, Nacho Figueras, uh, who was like a sort of um, a champion Argentine polo player and probably one of the most handsome men ever to exist. I don't know who this person is. I like that Riley has a league table in his head of who the most handsome men ever to exist are. <laughs> he looks a bit like Rafael Nadal. Yeah, look at this guy. Uh, uh, show, me, show me a picture. Show oh, me I'm a picture. sending you a picture, Phoebe. This is an interesting choice for most handsome man ever to exist. I mean, he's obviously handsome. He's a Ralph Lauren model, but I mean... What are you talking about? This is not the most handsome man that's ever lived. This is just some guy. <laughs> I think look I really his... just... Riley, you've spent all he's these got... years fascinated by some guy. I think maybe this I just, is really, really just some guy. I think I just really I'll don't. I'll tell have you a, what th- this guy is. This is yeah. the uh, this is like Catherine Hagel's like mm. first beast, like piece of shit boyfriend in a rom com before she meets the guy that she actually is supposed to be oh, with. But those guys mm. are That's always who handsome. This guy is. Those guys yeah, are always really yeah. good looking. But uh, I don't know. I d- he's got he's got thin lips. He's got a kind of over. 
He's got an over overdone filtrum. No, 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 no. Anyway, this, this has is, been the handsome man phrenology hour. Let's, let's this not- is not a hat. This is not, this is this is that's a like that is not a particularly handsome man. I'm not I sure I could take anyone seriously. It was called Nacho. Yeah, well, like a British guy being called Crisp. Every single time. <laughs> Thank you, Vila. Every single time I've said to Phoebe that an example of what I think is a handsome man, Phoebe, you in- invariably tell me it's just some guy. Mm. But that's because your taste runs to just some guy. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, he's no, he's no Brad Pitt, <laughs> right? Um, so then the guy is uh, Tony is like, should we go rock climbing? Rock climbing manana. And then George is like, ah, oh, manana might be a problem. I'm supposed to be having a boil-lanced manana, which is a great excuse. Kramer comes in. He immediately asks Kramer to go with them. Kramer says yes, and so then George is roped in. Um, meanwhile, at Jerry's apartment, uh, Elaine is now interrogating George about this. She's like, rock climbing? You need a boost to climb into bed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's just saying how much he loves hanging around with Tony because of the vibe he has. He's like, you know, he gets free pie from waitresses. <laughs> Which is, I like the idea of just as like a certain kind of handsome guy where you just start, you just start getting free stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, little... Tony's not even especially handsome, I don't Maybe, think. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. You're Jerry, right? And you, Seinfeld uh-huh. is an incredible way for you to meet new women. Because uh-huh. every week, every week, basically, you are cast uh, opposite a very attractive co-star as your girlfriend this week. Yeah, this is my yeah. ideal job. If you bring in a genuinely super handsome guy that week, you're kind of working against yourself there. Uh, you know, you know, Jane so, runs off with Tony, and uh, you know, what 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 are you doing on Friday? Nothing. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's I don't think he's kind of exercising a kind of Machiavellian. Um, hold over the casting at this point. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, like he's fine. He's fine. He's just not like. No, he's more a big guy than a handsome guy. He's like he's no young. He's no young Paul Newman, who is <laughs> for for your information the most handsome man ever to have lived. Right. Okay. Um, and so then uh, Kramer Kramer comes in and George starts berating him for muscling in on his rock climbing with Tony, and then Kramer's like, "I think you're in love with him." Um, and then George just is like, like I think, just like I think, Riles is in love with the handsome men. Mm. Like that, it might not be, it might not be sexual. But as we have discussed on, on a sexual. number of occasions, as we've discussed on a number of occasions, yeah. I'm not even sure that his fondness for the ladies is entirely sexual. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you just want to, you just want a nice big hug, and the bigger the arms. Yeah, the bigger yeah. the arms, the, the more the hug. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm, better I'm the hug. looking yeah. at the hug formula right now, and if you plug bigger arms into this bad boy, oh boy. <laughs> Look what, yeah. oh my god, I just increased the size of the arms. Look at that output. Yeah, that's crazy. Getting Jeff Goldblum over to look at the equations, just sort of fumbling with his glasses. Oh my god. Yeah, that's Jeff right. Jeff Goldblum's a handsome guy. Yeah, he's a handsome yeah. guy, but he's not big. He's, he's lanky, very, very tall. He? Yeah. He's very tall and lanky. Yeah. Yeah. And George is like, you know, well, you can you come, but you're not like, getting any sandwiches. You know what? This is going to be unpopular, but I literally don't care. Um, mm. uh, Chris Pratt is, at the moment, the closest we've got to the famous big handsome guy. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt. He, he, looks, like Pratt just, he is... looks like just some guy, in my opinion. No, Chris Pratt is terrific looking. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, I know. Oh, he's in a weird church. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. I oh, think no, all no, celebrities no. Every, are bad and depraved. No, he's just a, he just looks a normal looking man to me. Oh no! He's a good-looking man, but I feel like he's not—he's not sexy. You know, he has that kind yeah, of like. Uh, okay, of, of the three of us, 
that there's only one of us who actually <laughs> routinely has sex with men. I am the I am I am the expert here. <laughs> I just you, you, know. don't, you don't routinely have sex with big men. I think it would be fair to say. Yeah. No, that's true. It's not your not your handsome, traditional taste. Handsome men. Yeah, handsome yeah. men. Not necessarily big yeah. men. No. Mm-hmm. You know, you like a twink. I I don't I have no I have no response to that. And I'm not going to make one because I think it would be unfitting to the dignity of my office. <laughs> Right, so Jane calls, and Kramer's like, her voice sounds familiar. It's flinty. Um, and- it is flinty. Mm. What's yeah. a flinty voice? Uh, I've never heard. I, I know what a flinty wine Start is. Start a fire with it if you've got some dry moss. Yeah, I don't really know what a flinty voice. Sort of it's a kind of hard. It's kind of a hard, like harsh voice, but that sounds like it's used to telling people what to do. I'd say. Mm. Which is flinty. the essence of flint. Um, yeah. We then cut to a rock, uh, which Kramer and George are climbing. Uh, is it? Is it flint? It's not flint. Yeah. I wouldn't say no. It looks almost like pumice. It's quite yeah. a porous rock. Yeah. So it's, it's you could you could climb it up, or you drag your face along with you. You have a new cheek. What that rock is is obviously a set. Um, yeah. it, I've never seen something so papier mâché looking in my life. <laughs> um, but we can enjoy that. You know, it's the fourth wall. Um, uh, Kramer and George are wearing some great '90s climbing gear. Uh, George is panicking, um, and uh, Tony is like asking them to tie a knot in the rope and feed it through to him, um, and they fuck it up, and uh, Tony falls off the rock, uh, and they both panic. Um, I assumed at this point that Tony had died because it looks like they're very high up. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, yet before you go rock climbing, you really should do a lot of safety. Uh, you have to do a lot of safety training. You shouldn't mm. really get up that far up the up the up the rock face before you learn how to, you know, tie the tie the um, what is it, the double figure eight knot and thread it to the carabiner. I have been rock climbing uh, at the local nerd rock climbing emporium. <laughs> well, you can only go in if you're a nerd. Everyone there except me has the same nerd hair. Nerd hair. Yeah, it's like the What's sort of nerd hair. The sort of like the loose, the loose, uh, the loose uh, curls that you that you get. What? <laughs> Yeah. That's a very vague description. Like the, you know, it is like a uh, like gin- ginger afro nerd hair. What? <laughs> I feel like those two, those two descriptions are, are so far from one another. Surely an afro implies very tight curls. Okay, yeah, fine. that's I, I, tight curls. Of this, a, a hmm. sort of circular mop of loose curls uh, is is nerd hair. What? So kind of like Dennis the Menace? No, but like it's Dennis still- the Menace has black spiky hair. Is it not a kind of big? I, I, I picture him as having hair like a like a microphone, you know, that kind of like bushy sort of. Uh, no, he hair. has black spiky hair. Okay. Um. Right. Okay. Well, I, I can't believe. So hair like a comedy scouser, like when people sell those like scouser <laughs> costumes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what the rock climbing people near me all have. Um. I see. And it's also just occurred to me how bizarre is it that that's a fancy dress costume. <laughs> Because if I what, for a second I was like, am I costume? making this up? And I'm like, no, I've definitely seen people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's it, the the reason it's a fancy dress costume is because of the Harry Enfield sketch. I suspect. I suspect mm. that's what people are dressing up as. I don't think people just dress up as scousers. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I know the sketch, although I might I might recognize it if I saw it. How but. do you not know a, a strange bit of Britannia that's connected to a guy called Harry Enfield? Oh, I, I know like who Harry Enfield is. But, Don't but, worry about that. I feel like that's just the, you, something you, you should know all about. Have you seen the sketch? He has mm. the wig, like the the curly orange wig. Is that the origin of that? No, it's the calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. Oh right, okay. Oh, what Michael Gove was doing the other day on. Yeah. Well, he may well have been referencing Harry Enfield. He we may well know. have been. Well, there you go. There's we a rich intertextuality <laughs> to every time you see Michael Gove, and that's something that you should remember. Um, we cut to the apartment. Uh, Jerry is trying to borrow Jane's na- napkin because he's got greasy hands from the pizza. She refuses. She then won't talk about what she does for a job. Uh, she lets Elaine in. Um, and then Jerry's panicking, so he starts like feeding her loads of gum so she won't be able to talk. Uh, by telling her that her breast's bad and it's weak gum. Uh, Elaine comes in. Jane has to kind of go up. She leaves. Elaine's like, what's with the gum? Um, and then Jerry's like, I know, she's always taking too much gum. It's very embarrassing. I'm not sure how we're going to be able to what's hang his, out. What's his end game here? Just any time that him and Jane... Let's say, you know, the premise of the Seinfeld show stops yeah. and he gets married to Jane and, mm. and he doesn't stop He's finally being... released from the hell of being Jerry Seinfeld's yeah. <laughs> character and is yeah. allowed to be Jerry Seinfeld brackets guy. Yeah. Uh, and, then, mm. and, then, and then he's still best friends with Elaine, married to Jane. Uh, what's the plan there? Just like always have her chewing enormous amounts of gum or like wearing a Hannibal muzzle or mm. you know, like having taken a vow of silence. Like just never hears. That would be funny, funny whenever Elaine's around, just finding a way to convince your now wife Jane that she should wear a Hannibal muzzle, or but but always for like entirely innocuous reasons that will throw her <laughs> off the scent. Jerry and Kramer are arguing outside. Jerry and Elaine open the door, and uh, George is like, "Tony took a bit of a tumble," um, and then Elaine's like, "Did something happen to his face?" Uh, and they're then they're like, "Well, he's alive." She sprints out. And Jerry's like, well, aside from that, how do you like the sandwiches? Uh, other, other, than that, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, did you like the peanut butter or the tuna? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was when uh, Abraham Lincoln and his wife went rock climbing. <laughs> yeah, but, mm. and, and, and uh, John Wilkes Booth was helping them climb uh, and, mm. because he wanted to be friends with Abraham Lincoln because Abraham yeah. Lincoln was very tall. Um, mm. Yeah, he exactly. He got too intimidated while looking for the sandwiches and accidentally dropped Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, that's actually how it really went. And John Wilkes Booth, of course, the inventor of the bathroom stool, which is what this uh, episode is referencing. Uh, at Elaine's apartment, <laughs> Tony is in like a full head bandage, and Elaine is trying to get out of him what he's going to look like, asking if they said anything about scars or grafts. Uh, George turns up, and he's like, I don't want to see you, George. And then she's like, yeah, George, you need to, you need to step off. Mm-hmm. Um, and George's clearly very upset. There. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like Tony's being unreasonable. You know, he gave. He I think gave Tony's George a being job. unreasonable. He gave George a job, and also he was the one who insisted on going rock climbing in the first place. Yeah. If you're the guy who knows how to rock climb, why are you telling the guy who doesn't know how to rock climb to do the really important bit of tying the ropes? That well, seems exactly. like a bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, that's. But he's well, not a smart guy. He's just a big guy. He couldn't, mm. probably couldn't find his way off of a beach. No, that's probably true. Not. Uh, also, you know, it's uh, that, but he also says he's doing it because he wants the thrill, the sheer thrill. Mm, the you know, sheer thrill. He'd so, be at the rocks, being like, maybe I am a whale. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I want the guy who's not very good at tying the rope to tie the rope. I want it to actually be probable that I'll fall. Oh, I see. That adds to it for him. Yeah, it's kind of like a sort of a sphyxy wank type thing, but for rock climbing. Yeah, for for. Rock he's climbing. got an orange in his mouth, <laughs> climbing climbing that rock. Is that real? 
Well, yeah, yeah, people put an orange in their mouth. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what the... It's because you get really tired. <laughs> you need to like, get your energy up. <laughs> it's just so you can have a nice orange slice. What's wrong yeah, with that? When you're halfway through, you can pause and have an orange. Yeah, I like, you know, I'm masturbating, but I still like oranges. Yeah, I'm some kind of weirdo. Yeah, exactly. I might be a pervert, but I'm still trying to get my five a day. Vitamin C is important. Do you want your scars to heave open? No. <laughs> no, no. Isn't it because it works as a gag, but you can also bite into it so that you're not like so that you're not like properly kind of asphyxiating? Isn't that why? Maybe. I honest I honestly don't know. Um but yes, so that's, that's quite possible. Any of our any of our uh, very valuable pervert listeners, could you could you shed some light on this, please? But you're asking the perverts yeah. to write in. I'm asking the perverts to write in. Yeah. If I any have, of our I listeners no, are into no asphyxia ranking, whether they live in Tiraspol or not, uh-huh. if they'd like to yeah. write in. I have, I, have ze- I have zero beef with perverts. Perverts are usually very respectful. Zero beef with perverts. Yeah, Phoebe, yep. Phoebe, uh, the, uh, the Daily Mail headline now, Phoebe Roy, zero beef with perverts. <laughs> Get another Mitski album title. <laughs> you will, you will, honestly, if with that quote under your belt, you will never get elected in, uh, any, uh, to any level of British office. Well, I think that's true anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably also true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like in, in British office, you, you, you have to have beef with perverts, but also be a pervert yourself. Well, I think it's yeah. that you have to very publicly talk a lot yeah. about how you're going to... You have to protest too much. That's yeah, yeah. the... Mm. Yeah. And everyone's in a competition to see who can hang the pedos most. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You can give them all an orange slice. Well, I'll hang them even higher. <laughs> What guy going to the going and giving the pedophiles orange slices because they they must be like thirsty and tired from all the pedophilia. We're going to hang him from the well, space I, I, I elevator. I want to make it abundantly clear that I'm not a, a, including the pedos in the perverts that I have no beef with. No, I want to make, no, think... make that clear. Yeah, there's there's there's, there's benign, a clear delineation benign. between being a, yeah being perverts. a pervert and being a sex offender. Those yeah. are like yeah, a benign uh, yeah. like a benign pervert. Yeah. yeah, I like a benign pervert. You want the furries to write in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, furries. You heard her. Write in. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, dip your paws in the ink and, you know, uh, give us a little give us a little letter. Uh, give us a little howl. Yeah, exactly. Howl on over. Um, so, uh, yeah, then she gets George to take the trash out. Jerry's apartment. Jerry... <clears throat> Jerry's getting a massage from Jane and he's like, oh, I've been waiting a while for this. Classic callback. Little callback. Uh, Kramer comes in and freaks out about uh, Jane's voice. Mm-hmm. Flinty. Um, yeah. Uh, she leaves and Kramer's like, it's tattooed on my mind. And then Jerry's like, it can't be. And then Kramer's like, oh, can it? She's the woman from the sex And just Kramer's just doing this very sort of dramatic monologue. Of course. Um, uh, for <laughs> laughs, which I will not recreate here. Hey, watch the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, the we're cafe. not here to do the work for you. Exactly, I'm not here to describe Seinfeld to you. This is this podcast should be mm. thought about like um, like uh, uh, Louis Altizer's Reading Capital. You know, it's not a replacement mm. for, for Capital. No, uh, it's marginalia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Yeah, this podcast is a replacement for Capital. Actually, if you if you listen to this podcast, you don't need money. No, nor do, nor do you need to read Marx. It's all no. here. It's all here, baby. <laughs> this is this is the education you never had. Um, at the cafe, Elaine is talking to Jerry about like, what if Tony recovers and he looks gross? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if that? What if, he, like, what if he looks all lumpen? 
Yeah, what if he looks lumpen? Mm. Mm. What if he looks what like if? a whale? What if he's just a whale under there now? Yeah, well, what if he was always a whale? Oh, well, that's a good question. He just didn't know because he was yeah. so stupid. <laughs> that's, why, that's why he was actually on the beach the whole time. It zooms out. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty smart for a whale. Man, A24 taking over Seinfeld was really strange, huh? Yeah, that was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mid-Seinfeld. Mid yeah. Mid-episode, A24 took it over and, and started really getting conceptual with it. Yeah. You see, there's an A24 movie where Rory Kinnear plays every male character. No. No, there is. It's Incredible. called Men. I want to. I, I think Seinfeld. So, like a kind of experimental version of the Nutty Professor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's no, which it's, was kind of the Nutty <laughs> Professor, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a, it's it's an A twenty four horror film that's like about it's it's a version of the Nutty Professor. That's a, it's a horror film about repressed trauma. Ah, from a toxic relationship. The aghast professor. <laughs> I would like was, to see the Seinfeld gang go to the like hippie camp from Midsummer. Just how they would all variously react at, like, you know, the people jumping to their death off the uh, cliff and stuff. And Kramer's just kind of, like, going along with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be the May Queen, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> and Elaine's <laughs> like, I don't like the toilets. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, they took... <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's like they, they just George, but, like, with his guts taken out on the side mm. of the fence. <laughs> just like... He's like, I met a cute girl, Jerry. <laughs> oh, it's a shame. Yeah. <clears throat> that is a shame. Yeah. Um, she has a flower crown. <laughs> I think she wants to kill me. You can't just throw people off a cliff. <laughs> uh, right. So, and then Jerry's like, you said you didn't care about his looks. And she's like, I lied. She's like, he may be a mimbo, but he's my mimbo. You know, maybe if he's ugly, you know, I can, uh, I'll, I'll learn to love him. And maybe in a strange way, I'll learn what love is. And Jerry's like, sorry, I didn't get most of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Erica, um, oh, sorry, Kramer reveals that he set a sting for Erica from the phone sex chat line to prove that she, she's Jane by asking her to the cafe. Jane walks in. This doesn't, make it, this doesn't make any sense at all, because why would she agree to meet him? I think this is kind of what, what Kramer says about it is like we have a certain sexual chemistry. I think this is like Kavorka again. Sure, but bearing in mind that she also knows that she is meeting her boyfriend at this same cafe. Well, no, I think that she doesn't know that Jerry and Elaine are there. I think Kramer is... I don't think Jerry's asked her to come to the cafe. I think sure. she's styling it out by pretending she was like, oh, fancy seeing you here. Yeah, but she presumably knows that it's his favourite cafe because they go there all the time. Yeah, I mean, it does seem slightly... It's a bit of a MacGuffin, this, isn't it? It's a bit of a MacGuffin. I think it's a MacGuffin. That's it, to, yeah. to the... To the uh, sausage and egg MacGuffin. To the, to the writers of Seinfeld, uh, we say MacGuffin. That's right. We've said we say, do, we say do better. This ain't it. Yeah, this ain't it, Chief. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll do better next season. So Jane comes in, and then uh, Jerry's immediately like, "How could you do sex over the phone for money? It's disgusting." And then she's kind of all like horrified, like, "That's not what I do. I sell uh, office supplies or whatever it is." Um, and then what another just sort of fucking time capsule? Mm. No, I sell office supplies like paper over the phone. Yeah, that's right. Like like Jim and Pam in the office. I'm just like the famous Jim and Pam. Yeah, uh, a couple a couple who are not yet on television actually. Um, <clears throat> uh, here uh, in Tiraspol. That's right. We yeah. do not. Uh, we get we get American office, and uh, we think Jim is troublemaker, and Dwight should kill him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we in Tiraspol. We just get season one of American Office, new television show. Have you heard of it? <laughs> 
Very what? funny. They, Michael they, Scott, they, very stupid right. man. In Tiraspol, as baby, Jim he would be left out to die. <laughs> Jim is a fucking jerk. Yeah. That's my that's my feedback. Well, that's why that? he joined the CIA, of course. <laughs> Absolutely, that's why they hate him in Tiraspol. Yeah, they hate, they can't stand Jim. There's, there's every 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 November fifth, they do a big effigy burning of Jim from the office. He gives a little <laughs> look to the side. Pow! Boom! He explodes. It's actually the best time of year to visit Tiraspol is during the effigy burning well, of Jim. It's get, a fun. If you want to get like a real cultural experience, you should go to Tiraspol when they burn the effigy of Office Jim. That's right. Yeah, it's very good. Um, oh, God, have you seen the new A24 film? It follows a group of college students as they go to Tiraspol for the burning of Office Gym, yeah. and then they're hunted <laughs> by a child bouncer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> One of the most dangerous people yeah. in Tiraspol. Uh, it's, it's, it's an allegory for getting over a stammer as a child. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> aren't, aren't most good movies, really? Um, I, just, I just really like generating A24 films. You can. I said, well, maybe you should take that up. Maybe you should become an A24 director. Um, yeah, Elaine tries to borrow a tissue off of Jane and she refuses because she doesn't have any to spare, uh, at which point uh, she's like, I need the bathroom. And then Elaine's like, I need the bathroom too, and sprints in there ahead of her and steals all of the toilet paper out of her stall. So we then she get does. the scene of them once again in the stall next to each other, except this time Jane is asking for toilet paper for Elaine. She's like, I've not got a, I've not got a square to spare. Um, and then she's like, I know you. And then Elaine sprints out holding all of the toilet rolls in her arm and then yeah. like just gives them to Jerry and then run. And, and I've not written Phoebe in my notes, but I could have done. Look. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Jane saunters over to the table where only Kramer and Jerry are left. She looks at Jerry and goes, don't call me anymore. And then she turns to Kramer, does a slightly different voice and goes, you either. Um, and it's the big, it's uh, the bonus, bonus voice from T.F. Uh, Sexy lady voice. They all sound like that. They Everyone. do. That's how you can uh-huh. spot a sexy lady because they're like you can't spot a voice, Hello. really. Um, well, <laughs> with your ear, you can uh-huh. spot it with your ear. What do they call that? Uh, the e- ear. The uh, I'll work on it. Yeah. Um, so we close with a bit where Jerry is talking about bungee jumping, and he is like. Bungee jumping, that's not really an extreme sport. You're more of a crash test dummy in that situation. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah, he's I wouldn't, right. wouldn't he's do kind it. of right, yeah. Yeah, you can get detached retinas from it. Wouldn't fancy it myself. My girlfriend fancies going skydiving, and I'm like... Skydiving, I, I hate much less than bungee jumping. Bungee jumping seems like it would be unpleasant, whereas skydiving is like, I can see how it would be scary, but like at no point are you like, you know, f- falling and then suddenly not falling because you're being caught by a rope. Yeah. <sighs> I'd rather just not fall at all. I'm not fall at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy on the ground. You know what happens? Mm. I, I, I visited a, a national park in China. I was hiking. Um, okay. And this national park, uh, it's, it's like got like these really these pillar-shaped mountains. Uh-huh. It. It's called Zhengzijia. Right. Um, I think it's in Hunan. Mm. And I was hiking along. And they the love Jim from the office there. <laughs> yeah, they love office Jim in Hunan. Yeah. Every 5th of November, they have a celebration <laughs> where they send him to, to heaven. To renew the mandate of heaven. That's right. By yeah. blowing up a skull statue of him. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's another great backpacker destination. Yeah, no, so, uh, Can't do both in the same year. That's what's sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I remember I was unable to look over the edge of the path down the side of the pillar mountain without getting on my stomach and like looking over that way because oh, I'm unable to look over like a, a big... Like a worm would do. <laughs> well, like, I cannot snake. physically. Yeah. I, I, I do a little bit of trigonometry in my head. 
And I can't really. Yeah, you get Constantine kissing him, Francis Foster. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> appear on either, either shoulder. Yeah, and give you say, advice. Lie down quickly. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, and I figure out at what point am I going to. Would, if I fell, would I tip over the edge as opposed to just fall and safely fall sort of on the, on the path? And right. so I only really am able physically to stand near ledges if it is less distance than my mm. height. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you gotta get you gotta get smaller the closer you get to the, the edge. Closer it's I like get a to Zeno's the edge, arrow type thing. I need to get smaller until right. like, and if I only go over the edge, if I'm already lying down, and even mm. then I still won't do it. I hate heights. Is what I'm trying to get at. I wouldn't right. bungee yeah, jump. I, I wouldn't jump out of a plane because I don't want to fall. Fair enough. I feel like when like actual skydiving, it feels less like heights though because you're so high up that you're just kind of like, oh, this is sort of make believe. Like, you only consciously know that you're high I'm not a child. That's still heights. Yeah, but whereas if you're still on, like, a tall building, you can, like, see the ground and you're like, oh, shit, that's, like, that's really high. You can kind of, you can, like, I'm going to hit the ground there. You can sort of, whereas when you're, like, plane high is kind of like it's a more surreal kind of height. Like, it doesn't engage with your ape brain in the same kind of way as danger. You're just kind of like, oh, there's, like, a, there's, like, stuff down there. I can't really make out what it is. That engages my ape brain just fine. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you um, don't know what my eight brains well, up to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, well, it's, plummeting it's... in value right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and then Jerry's like, "What are the helmets for when you're skydiving?" And he's like, "You know, what's, what's that going to do?" I, I, that, that brings back a real Proustian memory. Uh, yeah. That particular bit, mm-hmm. which is that I used to go up to the, my family cottage in Georgian Bay in Ontario. Mm. Uh, and you can go skydiving. Every, but, well, but before we go skydiving, let's have one of these delicious madeleines. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but first dip it in tea. Uh, mm. No, so where, where we would go, and it was this house on a beach in Georgian Bay, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we would uh, we'd stop by uh, uh, the, the the jumbo video on the way over. And the jumbo then, video, yeah, the video rental place. Jumbo the videos are really big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a trigger happy TV, like a novelty video. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had your mm. blockbusters in your big in your cities, but in your towns, you had your jumbo videos. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> like the towns aren't ready for Blockbuster, the yeah. kind of films they show there. You can only get Canadian <laughs> films at Jumbo Video. Well, it's the thing, is like, that... Is hey, that, bud, that's my car. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was at the Looks remake similar of, to mine, eh? Is that the remake of Gone in 60 Seconds, but <laughs> for Canada? <laughs> Gone in 60 Seconds is good out for a rip. Yeah. Just just out, just out. Be back Be back in a moment. Yeah. Um... Uh, uh, make Kip, yourself- Kip Brains, I, I told you to stay out of Vancouver Island, but if you insist on coming back, I suppose that's okay. Yeah, make yourself comfortable in the Chesterfield. He's <laughs> <laughs> like a Canadian Rocco Sifredi. Yeah, he's gonna he's uh, gonna no, fuck you. But but yeah. I I remember uh, that mm-hmm. my introduction to Jerry Seinfeld and my right. my pro- enduring love of uh, comedy mm. uh, arose from the fact that uh, stopping by uh, the video store, mm. uh, we rented. Uh, I'm telling you for the last time, uh, his huh. his special from the '90s. It was supposed to be his last special. Um, and uh, the 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 helmets bit is one of the first bits in oh. that special. And uh, I must have watched it. He's like, "Got to open with this. This is gold." I must have watched it thirty times. Yeah, I, I was like eight. I wasn't like fourteen and watching it thirty times. I was like eight. Okay, you're just trying to grasp it. I was, I, was, I, I knew that there were layers I wasn't mm. getting, but I, when he talked about a horse with a big ass, boy, did I find that funny. Yeah, you're like, one day I'll have an ass that big. <laughs> but I've got to do lots of deadlifts. Look, that's the end of the episode. Um, we've Seinfelded. We've Seinfold. Mm. 
Um, you're a lot more disciplined about actually talking about the content of the episode now. Well, we had to be. Well, that's because you told us that we were on a time budget. Hey, you know what? We hey, we look, did it in an hour. And we did with it good, with more good, or less on time. Yeah, good talking and various Great talking. Yeah, good good chats. It remains for Tony to thank Riley very much for coming on. <laughs> so we start the so we start the sign off. Thanks for thanks for coming to your own office, Riley. <laughs> uh, you're very welcome. I let's do the other thing that we do together now. Yeah, that's right. Gay sex. <laughs> Um, Riley, is there anything you'd like to plug to the loyal Masters of our Domain Hogs? Check out the bottom, and I do it with uh, Canada's Dan Beckner. I edit that. Uh, you know, I take out all the slurs. Uh, there's not many slurs to take out except the Canadian ones. Yeah, that's right. They're all very polite and I, slurs. I sneak back in in the night and I put them all back in. Yeah. yeah. You don't actually have to beep Canadian slurs. They're very understanding. Yeah. They're yeah. like hoser. Yeah. <laughs> Calling someone a hoser is very good. Take off, you hoser. <laughs> we say stuff like that. Uh, hey, yeah. hey, I think... Uh, I think Paul Martin there was uh, pretty uh, not great as a liberal prime minister. Yeah, there you go. You know, people kind of like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the Stephen Harper government can uh, frig off. That's right, it can, and it did. And uh, you In know, hey, it. Justin Trudeau, you know, forgive my French, but he's a bit of a, a haircut in an empty suit, eh? A haircut in an empty suit. Yeah, this is, these Another. are all. These are, this is the George Carlin seven words you can't say in Canadian TV bits. That's right. Another another Mitski album title. <laughs> got an empty suit. <laughs> Phoebe's looking furious. Um, well, goodbye, everyone. Bye.